Hello, this is God's Loving Sacrifice, and I'm GLS. Today, we're going to talk about the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, we learn about the characteristics of Christian belief and faith and how it should be expressed. We also talk about what we receive from Jesus. Today, we're going to look at the I wills and the I ams. John's Gospel talks a lot about belief, but before we go into that, let's look at John's life. He was a fisherman with James and Peter. He owned his own home, had servants. He knew the high priest in Jerusalem, so he was allowed to be present at Jesus' trial before Anna and Caiaphas. John tells us his purpose for writing the Gospel of John in John 20, 30-31, where he said Jesus did many other miracles and signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and by telling you, you may have life in his name. So everlasting life is the theme of John's gospel. And some other things about John that you may or may not know, that he was one of the three disciples that Saul Jairus' daughter brought to life. He was there at Jesus' transfiguration. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was one that helped prepare the Last Supper. He was at Jesus' side during the Last Supper, and Jesus asked him to look after his mother. He was also the first disciple to believe in Jesus' resurrection, and he was the first disciple to recognize the risen Christ. That's a little bit of the Gospel of John, but let's talk about the I wills. John 6.37 says, All that my Father gives me will come to me, and the ones who come to me I will by no means cast out. That's such a great promise. He will keep us. John 14, 21 says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. If nothing else was said there except for, I will love him, that would be a wonderful I will. But Jesus, through his sacrifice, proved that he loves us. John 14, 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Again, such a wonderful promise. I hear people sometimes say, well, I really prayed about it. And God didn't answer my prayers. God always answers our prayers. May not be the answer you were looking for. And that's happened to me many times. But someone told me one time that God answers every prayer with three answers. It's either yes, no, or in my time. When I think about in my time, I think about grandmother that's praying for a grandson that's lost his way and she dies before the grandchild finds Christ. And after she passes away, he does find Christ. Does that mean God didn't answer her prayer because it wasn't answered while she was alive? No, he answered it in his time. Because his time is always the perfect time. Another thing that people use this scripture for is they think they should be able to say, God, I need a new car and get a new car. God, I want a new house and get a new house. God isn't a used car salesman. He isn't a realtor. What God does is give us the strength to work for the things that we want. He still gives it to us. Just maybe not in the way we thought we wanted it. John 14, 3, and a lot of you know this one, 
it says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself where I am, there you may be also. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. Your joy no one will take from you. That is such a wonderful gift that Christ is going to give us. I think about the way the world is today and there's not a lot of joy that I see. I see so much fighting and and fussing and to think of going someplace where he gives us joy. It reminds me of the song, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And that's what we're going to have when he comes to see us again. It is so hard to comprehend Christ's love. John 16, 7 says, nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit. And what a wonderful comfort the Holy Spirit is. I think sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't get a lot of credit. I think most people know that there's a Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, we think of him as the creator, and the Son walked on the earth and died for our sins. So he's our salvation, but we don't see what the Holy Spirit does sometimes. There are ways to see what the Holy Spirit does, and there are things that it does that you can see. But the Holy Spirit is that drawing force that draws us to God. The Holy Spirit is that intercessor for us when, we, when we're hurt and we're praying and we don't know what we're praying for. And the Holy Spirit knows. It knows our, our hearts. It knows our spirit. It's part of Jesus. It's part of God. We need to really give the Holy Spirit the credit that it deserves because it's constantly drawing us to him. Without the comforter here, what would this world be like? If you didn't have that little voice, that little drawing to Christ and drawing to do the things that are good and, and righteous, when Christ comes at the rapture and takes us away, those who are left on earth will not have the Holy Spirit. Those who know the word of God but didn't follow it and they realize that they made a mistake will not have that comforter, but we do. And that is a wonderful thing. All of these I wills are, all of these I wills show us what he will do. But why does he do it? Why does he love us so much that he does this for us? And that's because in John, you can hear his voice saying, I am. And John tells us who he was and who he is. John 6.35 says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes in me shall never thirst. You know, the never thirst, you think about water, but I think we thirst for righteousness. We thirst for something that is unquenchable unless we have Jesus Christ in our lives. John 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If any of you have looked outside in the dark 
you have your inside lights on and you're looking out the door. It looks so black out and you can't see anything. And that's the way of sin. That's the people are walking in this dark world. But if you take that same situation and turn the light off inside and turn the light outside, you no longer see your reflection in the glass because you turned your light off and turned Christ's light on. Then you can see everything. You can see everything around you. He lights your way. He's the light of the world. We don't walk in darkness. John 10, 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out, find pasture. I like this scripture, finding pasture. In my podcast, Where Do You Get Fed? We talked about the valley. And that's where the pasture is. It's in the valley. You don't go to the very top of a mountain to find pasture. And we talked about that's where you're fed. That's where you're taught. That's where the streams of water are. And Jesus is the door to that life. John 10, 11, again, talks about the sheep. And it says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Everything else that I've talked about is dim in the comparison of the fact that Jesus gave his life for us. For without him giving his life, we would be destined for darkness. He gave all that he had for us who didn't deserve it. John eleven twenty five tells you about the fact that he gave his life for us. It says, I am Jesus, and I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he may die, shall live. And John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. This is the way he shows us he loves us. He showed us an example of his life. He showed us his mercy, and he showed us his grace. John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. He is the true vine, and we as Gentiles have been grafted into that vine. And because we have been grafted in, we can produce good fruits. These are just some of the items that Jesus Christ says he will do for us. And some of the I am's of Jesus. It's funny, the I am's, I think, as a parent, when my kids wanted to do something, and I would say no, and they would ask why. I would say, because I am mommy. That's why. That wasn't a good answer for my kids. They hated it. But how much do we love the I am's that Jesus gives us? I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, the life. Those I am's are more precious than gold. And they're more than any of us could ask for. And the I wills, the things that he will do for us is more than what we deserve. But by his grace, his love, he made us all deserving of the things that he will do. How different our lives are because of Jesus Christ. And how much does he really do in your life? Do you ever stop and look at things and think, wow, how did that happen? Jesus. If you're listening to this and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, read the word. Talk to people. 
Ask God for forgiveness. Ask him into your life. Ask him to make a change in your heart. If anyone would like to send a request to me, you can do that on my website. It's on the bottom of my page. It's a contact section. It comes straight to me. If you want to talk to me, I would be glad to correspond with you, pray for you. Before I go, I want to thank you all for listening to me and remember that Jesus said I will, and it's because of who he is. Thank you.